it's with a lot of very strong feelings and some trepidation that I begin my Shabbos HaGadol Drosha on Inyana Diem on Pesach Inyana Amuna not in the shul not in front of our Hashav Elam. Well, they will see it soon. And I'd like to begin with what I believe is very clear to all of us, and that is Fakash who brings a challenge and a sayon. It's not only maduktuk to the midah that we could grow from it. It's very exact down to the last detail in terms of how long it would last, and even more importantly, the tkufa in which it starts. And the pillars that are holding this seemingly shaky foundation we call our world, our society, key understanding which we're going to try to explore is that it's only a seemingly shaky foundation. Akash Baruch Hu sends messages to often wake us up, always wake us up and always push us to grow. But often we're caught by surprise when we feel that everything was just fine, why the shake-up? All of us, certainly 95% plus of the people listening, never went through a war, didn't go through the Holocaust, never had to deal with a worldwide Magefa, and Baruch Hashem in that way, we never look for any sign, we daven shalom with any sign. The only downside is that when we have to be in shape and flex our muscles of Amunah and Bitachin, often we find that we're a little bit out of shape and Kosh Baruch Hu only sends these to make sure we remain in shape and we use it to come closer to Him. Let me begin with a few of the very powerful makaris that we find now get to this particular tkufa. And I believe it'll be obvious to all of us why it happened now, Bizman Gulusenu, the Smichas Gula Gula of Adar and Nisin, which are Yemei Simcha, although we don't feel it right now. But Simcha could be overt Simcha or it could be going through something where we feel deep down that we're growing and have a supreme satisfaction when we get through that process as better people. The greatest asset and schus Klai Yisrael has, we mentioned this in Yom Narayim, as a schus, during Zechreinus, is Lachtach Acharei Bamidbar. Lachtach Acharei Bamidbar is the jump, the leap of faith we're willing to Leave Mitzrayim, I'd like to think, who wouldn't want to leave Mitzrayim, but going into a Midbar with no plan, no water, seemingly no directional that they knew where they were supposed to get to, no supplies, the little they took was the last moment, didn't even have time to rise, and yet they jumped in and they followed Akash Baruch Hu, Lachtach Acharei Midbar and Akash Baruch Hu, Kaviyachol fondly remembers that as a schus lederi deris. Apparently, every once in a while, Akash Baruch Hu has to Kaviyachol put us in a matzah where we can generate that schus again and reevaluate it and reaffirm it. Let me begin 
with the Baal Hashkafa from the last generation, who I'm fond of quoting, and speaks about Bitochan Amuna, Bechira, almost more than any other theme, and that's our Desler and Mithlam Just a few lines from the Perik entitled Akaras Ashkacha Bechevle Mashiach. Chevle Mashiach is a long process, and before I begin to read, we all know that Tzipis Yeshua is one of the great Chiyuvim, it's one of the three questions we're asked when the Neshama goes to the Elam Emes and the Neshama goes to the Ohis, that stands for Olam Haba Entrance Exams, and we're asked a million questions from the time where Bar Mitzvah, Bas Mitzvah, onwards, and there might be gaps in the videotape, that's Tshuva, there might be things in the videotape, mitzvahs we didn't think we did, that's Tshuva Me'ava, the mitzvahs we didn't know we did, and that might be somebody else's Lashon Hara on us, the mitzvahs were transferred, very deep concepts, but the videotape is there, and there'll be a million questions which we have to address. First three, first four, according to one Gemara, Tzipis Yeshua is in the top of that list in terms of what was your mindset? Top of the list has many aspects, personal aspects, and Kavati Timotera and Asate Bamuna. Tzipis Yeshua is the thing in the list that speaks to the broader Hashkafa Sachayim we have to have not just for personal gula, but for Klai Yisrael, for Kfei Shemayim. And the Chiv is great, and we're taken to task if we don't constantly think about it. Hence the questions I've received. These were the easier ones, more geschmack than most of the questions I've been dealing with in the last few weeks. But, as I mentioned previously, people ask me what suit they should pack, they need Shabbos and weekday. How much did Lada bring? I told one person that it's going to be business class. He said, really? For everyone? I said, yeah. So he said, well, if it's everyone, that's not as much fun. He said that tongue-in-cheek, but that's part of the human condition. But yes, we'll all get there. There'll be plenty of room for what we need. The question is, what baggage do we need? What baggage do we have now that's not necessary? But I'm happy to be receiving the questions. At least people think about it. What bracha do you make in the Melech Mashiach? I would like to remind everybody of a famous Misa. Rabbi Yankee was asked after World War One. They were convinced World War One was so horrific. Millions and millions of people killed Rahman Litzlan. It was only eclipsed in our memory by the Holocaust in World War Two. But World War One was, to date, when it happened, as bad as it ever got. And afterwards, people were convinced the Mashiach is coming any day. And there was a Machal Shabbos in the town where Rabbi Yankiv was the Rav. And he came over to Rabbi Yankiv and Shul, and people standing around, and overheard the following conversation where he said, Rebbe, I'm not a very good Jew, and I know my store was only the only stores open on Shabbos, but I hear a lot of talk about the Mashiach coming, and I'm thinking of closing it. How would it look if... Mashiach came, and I was Machal Shabbos Befrahesia. And Yankiv looked at him, and he said, it's important to close your store on Shabbos, because Shmir Shabbos is of the utmost importance. And the Mashiach can come at any time. We have to want it and believe it. However, I'm not sure if he's coming now, next week, next year, ten years from now. And the fellow looked at Rabbi Yankiv quizzically, shrugged his shoulders, walked away, and didn't close the store. And those standing around, they asked Rabbi Yankiv, Rebbe, I'm Dana Rambedo, I don't understand, this is a big opportunity to make a Mashiach Shabbos. Why don't you tell him, yes, you better shape up, the Mashiach is coming. Rabbi Yankiv, only Rabbi Yankiv can have the wisdom to see what's happening tomorrow and perhaps the next day and the next week. Rabbi Yankiv says, I hope the Mashiach is coming tomorrow and this could very well be Mohammed's Golgamogog, I hope you we were Yetzi. But it could be a long process, it could be a shorter process. And right now, deep down, he's a Maimon in a Kosh Baruch, and a Maimon in a Gula, and a Mashiach. And Nebuch, he's a Machal Shabbos, a Mummer, Lateoven. If I 
tell him that, yes, the Mashiach is coming, you better close your store, and you're going to be in big trouble if you don't. He might close the store for a week or two or three or four or five, a month or two perhaps, and after that, if the Mashiach doesn't come, he'll open up his store, and now he'll be an apicarious, not believing in the Mashiach, not believing in the Gula, not believing his Rav, not believing the Das Terah, that you should really close your store because you have to keep Shabbos, and now he'll be totally lost. And Bianca said, I'm not willing to take that chance. I'm mentioning the story now because Ikvah Sadh Mashiach is a process, and the process has been going certainly and speeding up in the last 80, 90 years, and the Mitzvah Shem, we should be at the very tail end. And whatever is going on now as disturbing, horrific, and painful it is for those who Nebuchadnezzar, for those who are still sick and need Yeshua and Rafua, Bekarov. It's not the Holocaust. It's not a world war. And many of us are still sitting comfortably in our dining room or living room listening to this year. I'm sitting comfortably, Baruch Hashem, in my study. And not everybody's sitting so comfortably, but in terms of the world in Klai Yisrael, people on the one hand say this is horrible, terrible, disruptive, and came out of nowhere and no one was expecting it. It's a f- for sure a sign of the Gula. And absolutely, it's a sign of the ongoing Ikfus of the Mashiach and that we're closer to the Gula. Is it the Mechemis Gogamogo? Well, it's not an actual war. It's a war and a disease. And compare it to the Holocaust, to World War One. Don't want to compare anybody with Malaslana suffering. For them, it's a war, and we're all suffering to some degree because we know people. The economics, the disruption of society, it's painful, disturbing, and we're davening it should end now. But we have to be careful as we talk about the Mashiach for the day after that it should increase our Amun and Bitochen in Akash Baruchu. And the Gula process, and not diminish Chas a month or two later. With that disclaimer, let me begin the small excerpt from Desler. Can the title Akaras Hashkacha Bechavle Mashiach Geder Hanisim Hushakash Baruchu Mara Begilui Es Hashkacha Soi Baifen Asher Kol Balev Yakir Kein Zemikra Tivi Eliyad Hashem Nicholas Khan. First step is to see nisim nisim are things that are lamai lemedechatever things that don't normally happen things that are not really explainable based on the rules and regulations of the hierarchy of the world the society of nature how things are supposed to work everybody agrees let's mount the public the incredible speed lightning speed of the spread of this virus and the collateral damage that is done and the unprecedented fact that it just turned off the world. Shut down the world, shut down society, shutting down economies. That's usually a process. If it happens, it could happen with a world war, but even a world war, this doesn't happen. Haladavrahu. And Odessa says the first thing is you have to see the Yad Hashem. This is not Mikra Tivi. This is to wake people up and to push them to grow. Of Dessler continues, and he says that it's possible that people see something, they're nispal temporarily, and then when it blows over, they don't draw the proper conclusions and there's no real change. And he says that the example that comes to mind is when Klai Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim and the Nisim and the Flos and the Makkas and the whole world was watching Kriyas Yamsuf and Kabbalah Satera and everybody knew about it. Then they destroyed Sichon and Oig coming into Yisrael and the Zion Amim knew what was in store, and they were given three choices, to do tshuva and keep the Zion mitzvahs and stay, to leave and go to fertile grounds in North Africa, or, if they don't like choice, number one or number two, to face the consequences, because Yisrael was given out to Israel, they were given it back, it was stolen from them, it was originally given to shame, and now Kosh Baruch is giving it back to the descendants of shame, to Yisrael. And when the Moraglum was sent the second time, Pinchas and Kalev. They come to the house of Rochav Azayna and she tells them quite clearly, Aleinu. 
Everybody is very frightened. We know already 40 years ago we had the whole world talking about which we did recently to the two nations, the two warriors guarding us. And Lamaisa, Rochav declares that everybody is so scared they had Yish. And then we know that when Yeshua actually comes in, they fight. And they fight for many, many years through Sefer Yeshua and Sefer Shaiftim, and they're fighting and fighting. And they put up a fight, and unfortunately, we didn't do everything perfectly, and it took a while. And says, So what made them fight? The only person who was Makadiyamis is Rachel, she saved herself and her family. And everybody else ultimately ignored it. And he says, Although they had the temporary Roshim of the power of Akash Baruch Hu, power of Akash Baruch Hu to completely change everything in the world, turn over empires, upset the world order in a matter of minutes, days, or weeks. They saw that and they knew it. At the end of the day, most people didn't change and slowly receded to the back of their head and they ignored it. They worked hard to ignore it. Ki'ilu lamdu had they learned like Rachav had learned, they would have made peace, or they would have left. Either made peace and keep the Zion Mitzvahs, or decide not to keep the Zion Mitzvahs and move to Africa. They did neither, which means they blocked it out of their head. That things are really not for the purpose of us making serious change. Here, not to afflict us. Doesn't want anybody in the world, certainly Klai Yisrael, to have any pain. Pain and nervousness is only if it's going to be understood and used as a learning process. We'll get to that in a moment. And he promises, based on various chazals, that the quicker we learn the lesson, the quicker a nace of change of teva as a challenge, as an isayan, as a magefarach malitzlan, can easily change l'teva. Tachas hayesem nisim l'ra pisam ya nisim l'teva. Chayim refers b'kam makaymes em noshuv misachev l'meshir tekev yizgal l'meshir tzikeinu l'aynenu. If we just realize the Yad Hashem and realize what a Kosh Baruch Hu could do without a war, without armies, without guns, without bombs, with some atomic little creatures floating around under a microscope and shut down the world and cause mass panic. The person who recognizes this is a holding in a very high madriga. Not only did she save herself, she was able to marry the God of She took her place in history, her descendants of the greatest Nevi'im. That introduction will give us an idea of one of the many aspects in silver lining of trying to see the Rachamim B'Sayichadin. I'd like to share with you a very, very important central point to the Emei Agula, to Pesach. And the point is brought across in a very, very fabulous way. So recently in the Sefer Yerach Lamaidim from the Roshiva Lakewood, Rabbi Yuchamolshin. They wrote up uh, various shmuzim, and this one, I think, is so central to the core of Avedis Hashem, and it's brought out Dafka during Pesach, as we know. Every Yantif has the Ashpahs of where we can capitalize and work on certain Midas. Pesach is the Yantif of acquiring Amuna and Bitachan. The quicker we learn it, the more we learn in this Tkufa, the hundred or a thousand times the amount we can gain in any other Tkufa during the year. Which is why, as I mentioned at the beginning, 
should be clear to all of us that the Midas Arachamim here is that this should happen. This wake-up call, this demand for introspection should happen, Dafka during Yemei Perm Pesach, that we are able and will be able to cash in and increase and fortify this Amun and Bitochen. But he has many, many fascinating rayas to the aside that Pesach is all about growing an Amuna and passing it down to our children. We have to internalize it ourselves at the same time. And he starts off and he says that Lel Shimurim, if you ask anybody in the street, what's Lel Shimurim? They'll tell you, well, we have a minig not to lock the door. Well, we once had a minig, certain neighbors have the minig. We want to have the minig. That's a remez to one of the many aspects of Lel Shimurim. The Pashat Lel Shimurim brings from the Ramban to be Mesham or something is to be extra careful that one do a mitzvah correctly and not come to a vera. Shamartas, Lachuka, Zeis, Shamaras, Chedish, Aviv, Shemura, Matzah, everything in Pesach is about Shmira. We don't find this by any other Maidim. We don't find this by Shavuot and Sukkis. We also find more mitzvahs, certainly packed, so to speak, into one night. Karpen Pesach, Bazman Abayas, Higat Labincha, Matzah, Murr, all done with a certain trepidation. He brings a fascinating Mariel. The Mariel is the, basically the father of most of the Ashkenazi and Hagim, quoted in many Ramaz throughout Shulchan Aruch. And the Mariel says something he doesn't mention by any other Yontif. He quotes the Pasik in Mishle Ashrei Adam Afachet Tamid. That doesn't mean so nervous that you can't function. It doesn't mean neurotic, of course. It means a certain trepidation and approach to mitzvahs in general, but the Mariel says it applies specifically to the mitzvahs of Pesach. And the question is why? Ashri Adam Mafachet Tamid. Mariel says, Mafachet Tamid, Kachia Kaladam Chared Beema Lakayim Maimer Chacham Shatikna Mitzvah Saseder Ragada. Right away, people hear this today that anything about Pachad, it's not a Mahalach, everything's with Simcha. This is not a steward of Simcha. This is how to get to real Simcha and real contentment. Mariel knew this, and he's telling us that the only way to acquire security and Simcha in life is through Amuna. And the Makar of all our Shifas and Amuna is from Pesach, and we can capitalize during Yemei Agula to acquire them. And therefore, the Mariel says, Tafka, the mitzvahs of Pesach, have to be done with Shmira, being careful of Chametz, but not just Chametz, that everything be done absolutely correctly, and Ashrei Adam Afachet Tamid, call it the Gilu Barada. There are places where by the second, third case, everybody's giddy and something gets lost. The Yayin is supposed to be Derech is supposed to lift us up, supposed to relax us a little bit, but the Yisrael the Laila, according to Mariel, is Ashi Adam Tamid. And this helps our Simcha Sachayim. If we can't acquire our Muna and we can't raise the bar in our Muna, we'll constantly be nervous. And here we have a situation where the Mariel describes Dafka the Mitzvah Salayla and he says that it's the Seder, it's the Haggadah. Now, Gatla Bincha is for our children also. Can't be showing Pachad as you sit down. The Pachad has to be how careful we are. Now, people take whatever they hold dear very seriously and whether we like to admit it or not, we always have it in the back of our mind. There's a hard drive running in the back of our mind. And whatever we take seriously, rightfully so, it's always running. We don't turn it off. Take the mushroom making a panasa. People are following markets. It's always playing in the back of their head. They don't let it get in the way, hopefully, of their kavanah, of their learning, of their simchas achayim. But it's always there. Ashi Adam Afachid Tamid means that in general, our approach to Avodah Hashem is whatever we're doing, the hard drive in the back of our head should be, well, I'm doing this because it'll get me the money to do mitzvahs. I'm doing this because it'll give me a proper frame of mind. I'm exercising because it'll give me a stronger goof. Everything that we do has to be in the context of mitzvahs. And the Mariel says that the place, more than any other area of mitzvahs, is Leil Seder, is Pesach, is Shmir Samatzis, and Diktuk Pemitzvahs of Pesach. The Erech Lamaidim 
points out, and he says the Meshachachma alludes to this, the only other place in Chumash, the only other set of mitzvahs, Aseis and Los Aseis, is Shabbos. We have Lashon or Shemira by Pesach many times, as we quoted, and Shabbos, Shemar Ziyama Shabbos, as Shabbos aside, Tishmeru, we vernacular call somebody to keep Shabbos, Ashemer Shabbos. So he wants to know what the connection would be between Shabbos and Pesach. Why, Dafka, in these two areas do we have this extra Shemira, this Pachad, this Gilu Beroda, this extra focus? And the answer is that both Shabbos and Pesach are the Makar for Armuna. Shabbos is made that we're Maimon that Kosh created the world. None of us were there, not even other Mauritian. The only way we could do that is looking at the Maseria of Mitzis Desrayim, which we all witness as a nation, and so the rest of the world. And that's Magala, retroactively, that Kosh created the world. He suspended nature, he controlled nature completely, turned over the Mighty's empire, and the focus of Pesach is Zuchir Tzitzit Desrayim as a Makar for Amun and Kosh and understanding our Shibud, and Akash Baruch took us out of Mitzrayim to be his Avadim, and he created us, created the world for the Avedis Hashem. That's what Shabbos is all about, and that's why we mentioned Zit Mitzrayim and Kiddush for Shabbos, and that's why Pesach is used as the Makar Amuna for everything, including Shabbos Kaidish, because we wouldn't know Akash Baruch created the world otherwise. And he says a beautiful riot to this. If you ever wonder, the Tzadukim had many machlekesim with us, the Prushim. Everything was machlekes. They dropped Teresh Peh, and therefore nothing was correct because you can't read Sukkim without Teresh Peh. One of the more famous machlekesim they had is Machoros HaShabbos. We start Sphiris Eimer. Machoros HaShabbos. So we know Machoros HaShabbos means the day after Yontif, second day of Yontif HaChuslar. It's the first day of Cholomoy, Nerit Yisrael. Machoros HaShabbos means the day after Pesach. Shabbos here means Yantif. And Stukim said, no, Shabbos is Shabbos. It always has to start on a Sunday. And they try to do a lot of damage. They try to throw us off in the whole calendar because they were trying to prove their point. Why indeed does the Torah say the Lashon of Shabbos for Pesach? We don't refer to Sukkis or Shavuos, any of the Yantif, as Shabbos. Why does he use it over here? And he says beautifully, the reason is because Shabbos and Pesach are here to teach us the same thing, and Pesach teaches us about Shabbos. Hence, we call Pesach Shabbos. Machor is Shabbos, the day after Pesach. That is the Makar of our Amunah. He goes on to bring the famous Gemara and Makis, which is very famous, the end of Makis, hard to understand. We'll try to shed some light on it. Marmachus talks about Yeridus Haderis. We have Tayag Mitzvahs, and we still have Tayag Mitzvahs. We don't whittle away Chasasholm any mitzvah. Yet the Gemara says, as they had Yeridus Haderis, different leaders, different Nevi'im came to try to condense to talk about the Ikre Hamuna, and from there we would be able to do the rest of the mitzvahs. And the Gemara Makis, Rav Gimel Abayz, Darish, Rav Samlai, Sheish, Meos, Vishol, Shesrei, Mitzvahs, Nemel, Lameisha, Badave, Vemidim, Al, Achadzrei. 11, Ba Yeshayo, Vemidim Al Sheish, 6, Ba Micha, Vemidim Al Sholosh, Chazi Yeshayo, Vemidim Al Shtayim, and the Gemara at the end says, Ba Chabakuk, one of the greatest Nevi'im, not well known, Vemidim Al Achas. It boils down to one mitzvah. It's a to a lot of people. Sadik Be Menasa Yechia. It starts and ends with our Amunah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our Bitochan and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and is involved in every aspect and every detail and everything that happens in the world to humanity, especially to Klai Yisrael, is Nigzim and Shamayim, and it's here to help us grow and get us to where we need to be. That is what Pesach and Shabbos are all about. And the Masha S over there, how can it be? We have Tayag Mitzvahs, what's Sadik Ben Menasseh Yechia? The Masha says that the first two Dibris, Anarchi and Loiya, directed from Kosh Baruch Hu, is about Amuna. All the other mitzvahs are commentary. We don't know how they plug in, we don't know all the Nyan and Nister, and we have to do all Tayag. But it's all a function of our Amuna in Akash Baruch Hu, and when we do them Bidiktuk, we're showing that we're Avdi Hashem, and we fully understand that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, Hashem created the world, for a tikkun, took us out of Mitzrayim that we should be the Amanifcher, gave us the Torah, so we should be able to be the Amanifcher and do the Avedis Hashem right 
it's all from Tzadik Bemenasa Yichya. And the Masha's few sentences over here tells us that all the mitzvahs are nichlal in this one mitzvah that we heard from a Baruch this one Tzivuye Vanochi Hashem. This matzav, again, I believe is a gift, a very difficult gift, but a gift that we have to use to tell ourselves, tell our children, and talk about before Pesach, certainly Leil Seder, both Leil, Starm, and the rest of Pesach. The one ingredient is Sadiq Bamanasa Yichya, and this time of year is the best time to be kainit, and we're being forced to, we have no choice. He quotes the Lashon of the Rashbon, Chedusha Agadus, and Brochus Yedbeis, that there's a chiv yisiz tzrayim, a chiv yisiz tzrayim all year round because of the same yisaid. Kedeshen isker bepeh hanisim shaslan kash baruchu. Shatzianim imetzrayim, achi yisena vodim pruchim dalei kayach. We were weak and helpless nation. Tachasivlos melech am bekasha. Nobody ever escaped. Nobody ever left. Nobody ever was freed. V'maschira nikva binashasenu shu amashkiach. That kash baruchu not only created the world, but he's watching. And he's Akol Yochol Shlayimnenu Manea Bashum Tzad, and nothing will stop the Dvar Hashem and the Ratzon Hashem from being fulfilled. And that he explains the Maral, the Maril we started with, and that is there's a focus in Avodas Hashem that we have to have it Besimcha Benachas and also with trepidation. But the focus of the Maril and the application of this pasuk of Pachad is preparation and the doing of the mitzvahs that we will have next week and the hachanas we're doing now. Again, don't misquote the pachad. Many people get nervous just from hearing the word and they launch into a the madrega, a pachad. We're not in the madrega of most of this. That's why Gosh is trying to get us to hone in on it. Pachad's not a steer at the simcha. It's the key. And the focus on Avadis Hashem and being kind of the Ikramidis is not something that brings somebody to sadness. It's the only way to hold in check the nervousness that we have in day to day life and certainly in such a Tekufa. I was discussing this morning with Uri, having a discussion on Inyane Amuna, and he said he thinks he remembers Rav Dessler that we began with, says that Amuna begins only with the things we don't understand. The purpose of this overview is to teach us that Amuna doesn't have to be in the dark. Yes, ultimately we don't understand the Cheshpin why this specific Nisayan, why these specific people, and what the Cheshpin is from before, from after, what message specifically is being told to each person. We're trying to lay out a general message we can all learn from. And that's very understandable. The Amuna we have to know is HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, took us out, controls everything, and he's always in control, and nothing is happenstance. And the more we internalize that, the more happy and comfortable we're going to be, and the more able to take on challenges, which we never look for, and we dive in every morning, in the next few minutes, and give all that need of a lema. But Lamaisa, the Helega Yidin, who are going through this, and everybody has the ability to understand the damage it can do, it has done, hopefully only temporarily, and the fact that there's a sakana around the globe, and that people need Yeshua and need help. As long as we understand that we don't fully understand the protim, and we don't have to, we just have to understand that Akash Baruch has a cheshpen that's exactly meduktuk, nothing is too long, nothing is too short, and nobody is forgotten.
I believe that as we're all looking for Tzchusim, besides the main Avedah of the Tkufa, Arbitach Amuna, as I mentioned last week in the drosha we sent out, Rab Chaim, first thing he said at the beginning of this, trying three, four, five weeks, was that we have to make Azek our Beram Lachaverim, and we have to be extra careful with Lashon Har, Metzishemra, Tining. A discussion with Mother Chashava, member of Akilah this morning. I gave credit where credit is due, Ari. And he was asking me various things on proper Ashkafa, and he asked me, How do we? hold up and how do we go about our duties and everybody has to be gainfully employed. Employed meaning either you're learning, you're davening, you're resting, you're exercising a little bit, or you're working. Part of the pocket is people looking at the news, you have to be aware of what's going on, nobody knows more than I do. Unfortunately, I don't take credit for that. I just have to be very on top of things. For those who don't have to see the news as much there's no reason to chazer bad news. And there's certainly no reason to chazer shalom, use any piece of information, accurate or otherwise, to place any blame, have any tainas, or put anybody in a bad light. That's crucial. We are in a desperate situation. We need achtus. And we need the time to daven and learn if we have any extra time besides the cleaning and the working we have to do and taking care of the family. And any time wasted on chazering news or reading commentaries or saying commentaries that are not rooted in firmly in Chazal and Das Teira are not only a waste of time, but very counterproductive. I'd like to end by sharing with you one very beautiful, heartwarming story So hopefully be mechazagos and how far you can go and be mice and effish for others. Zobelstein brings down a mice that happened in front of Reb Chaim. They actually came to Reb Chaim for the psak. A very difficult shayla and reminiscent of times like these where people were planning chasnas and Mitzvah Shem will get married, they'll get married on time, some got married early. And Baruch Hashem, they'll be happily married, the Yelam Void, despite the fact that the party was greatly cut down to size and there were 50 people there, 25 people there, 10 people there. I told a few of the people I was talking to in the Matzav that I have one picture from my grandparents, one picture with 10 men around the table and a Kala, Kala's mother, in a dining room in Vienna with the curtains drawn. It was after Kristallnacht. It was Sakonis the Farshas. They were waiting for a ticket out. My grandparents, 21 and 19 years old, made it out one of the last transports to London. They were given their Ishur to get out their papers from their parents, and their parents said, we'll follow, just take this now. They never followed. They never got out. And my grandparents did, and the chasna was for an hour around the dining room table with the curtains drawn. They were married over 70 years, and not only didn't the relationship suffer because of the circumstance in which they got married, I think anybody would agree, if we know from our grandparents, the people who lived through the Muhammad were exponentially stronger. So the context of this particular shayla was not how small to make a chasna, something even more troubling, where a chasna kala came for a dintayra to Rab Chaim, her final psak, they were arguing that the chasna was due to be in a couple of weeks, and Rahman Salam Layalena, the chasna, came down with what was potentially very serious machala, 
and the chassan wanted to let his kala go, says, you didn't agree to marry me in this condition when I married yet, and I'm not going to put you through this, and I want to let you go. And the kala was insisting, absolutely not, I made a commitment, and we're getting married, and I'm not leaving you now. And they came to Abchayim for a psak. Abchayim heard them out, questioned the kala again and again, questioned the chassan again and again. After hearing both sides, he paskin that they should go ahead with Mazel and Bracha. They got married, and Baruch Hashem, he had a Fush Lema, and they lived happily ever after. And one of the people from the home of Abchayim, that's Makur of Tim, came over. You can't often ask Abchayim for a reason behind the Psak. But he had the opportunity, and he grabbed it, and he said, Yelam Dein Rambeinu. That's as difficult a shayla as you can get. It's not so easy. Sounds the very rosy version is, yes, stick with him. It's not a pasha shayla. Elena should never be nogeya. And they ask Abchayim, what's the thought process behind it? And Abchayim said, as only Abchayim is wont to say, there's a fairish medrash. And let me read to you the medrash he's quoting. Medrash is a medrash rabba, Pasha Snayach. Perek Lama Gimel, Aleph. And the Medjushir talks about the incredible travels of Alexander the Great, Alexander Mugdon. And he was very ambitious, and it's a pella, which you're about to hear, because Alexander goes down in our history books from the Gemara as, as ruthless dictators go. He might have been one of the nicer ones. At least he had slightly more Amuna, but he was still a ruthless dictator, as you will see. And he went to the Arba Confessorates looking for more money, more covered, as world conquerors are wont to do. And he went to this Melech who was beyond the dark mountains, place where most people never traveled. The Shalachlei, he told him he was coming, and he said, I want to meet you. And he brought him a loaf of bread made of gold, on a golden platter. That was breakfast. So Alexander's a little insulted. He said, I'm not here for your money. What are you giving me a uh, gold loaf of bread? Amalai, so the king very bravely said to him, He said, Well, Your Highness, if you don't want money, what are you doing here? Why are you conquering more land? What are you looking for? His muscle, of course, was you can't eat golden bread. And you have enough money. Alexander had enough for the next 20 deris. And he's still conquering the world, looking for more, more money, more covered, more fame. And that's why I served you this golden bread. So... It was embarrassing for Alexander. The king called him on it, and he was here for money because Yeshlamana wrote some Messiah. One of the most important lessons in our Muna and this Tukufa is in terms of the wake up call, we live Baruch Hashem in a wonderful, sweet Gullus, as nice as Gullus has ever been, as affluent as Gullus has ever been. Not everybody has money, and people are looking for work, and now it's very bad. We hope it snaps back quickly. But many people, most people, are not starving as they were in Europe during times of pogrom and famine and persecution and the Holocaust. And the Alta of Nevada said a very powerful line about Amuna, which he focused on his whole life. And he said, if a person is not really working on it, they can fool themselves into thinking that they really were kind of Amuna. They're very stuck in Amuna, that and a million dollars in the bank, or ten million dollars in the bank, that and their peace and security. His muscle is that's like learning to swim with a flotation device. It doesn't prove anything. And he said, You use the flotation device all the time, you'll never learn how to swim. We don't look for Nisianis. And we have our flotation devices and then some more than any other dar, and it's got no Darius and we need it. And we ask the Kosh Baruchu to end the Nisayan. But the school at the end it is, we spoke about at the beginning, 
first and foremost, I'll be learning the lessons and trying to acquire real amuna. What would we really be dependent on if we didn't have the security, the money, the peace and tranquility that we have around us? We don't want to find out the hard way. We don't want to find out a harder way. And we want to internalize it so we don't have to find out. And we tend to fool ourselves that, yes, we really have a Muna, but is it a Muna or is it reliance on ourselves, our assets, our kaychas, our perceived kaychas? So this king, we don't know much about him, is giving a real Musar Shmuz to Alexander. He said, well, you say you're not here for money. You apparently have enough. And he had the friend first. He says, I have enough. Yeah, I don't need more money. I'm here to learn. It's a great comeback. I'm here to see how you don your court cases. I'm a leader. I want to learn from you. Great comeback. The question is, did he mean it? Or was it lip service? So that's Musa number one, is you can have a good answer. And the question is, how deep is it? And is Alexander really here to learn? And the king said, not had much of a choice, Alexander was stronger. He said, okay, you want to stay here? You'll watch how I don Dinim. So a fellow came in with another guy and they were having an argument. And the argument was, we'll call him Sam and Bill. And Sam said, I sold a pretty cheap area, a dunam of land, the real estate. Major describes it as almost like a garbage heap. And I sold it to him. And he's coming back with a treasure that he found as he was digging and he wants to give it back to me. And I told him, I sold it to you. No backseas. If you find something in the property, it's yours. You hear this? And the fellow bought it, says, no, 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 I only bought the property, and I didn't have in mind to be kind of this, and it's yours. And they're fighting. Who gets the chest of jewelry? The king over here, beyond the mountains, Poskins, after asking them, tell me a little about your family, and one had a son, the other had a daughter, and he said, great, why don't you marry them off? I assume they had some sort of a show. See if they get along, at least in the dining room, and hopefully the work on the rest, and they will now split the assets, and they'll share them. They'll split it by the chasna and end up pooling them. And that was his brilliant solution, and everybody lived happily ever after. And Alexander the Great was looking at him like he had three heads, and... The king said, did I say something wrong? Was there something you didn't approve of in that psaac? So how would you deal with this? Alexander said, in my country, if you find any treasures under the ground, you have to turn it over to the government, at least 60% of it. And if you don't, you're Merba Malchus. I would have had them both flogged and executed for being Merba Malchus and not coming to me and taking the whole thing myself. And the king turned to Alexander, a very brave fellow, and he said, let me ask you a question, uh, Mr. Alexander the Great. Uh, does the sun shine in your country? Do you have rain? Do you have any fruit? Does anything grow? He said, sure. We're natural resources. Everything's fantastic. He said, well, I just want to let you know that the sun is only shining in the schus of the behemoths because the human beings are as cruel as can be and you don't deserve it. And the Medrash ends up saying, that's the Taish of the Adam behemoth tashi Hashem. Adam b'schus behemoth tashi Hashem. That's Nebuch, a very low madrega. We would hope that we as Klai Yisrael are raising the bar in Be'om Nechavero and the Goyim also have in Yanom Be'om Nechavero. They should be helping each other out and we should be doing even more. And Abchaim says, this Medrash says that the most beautiful Din is when two people are fighting but in the opposite direction of what we would imagine. Each one is trying to argue for the schus of the other one. And here the Kala is pleading that she's here to help her chasen. They will grow together and she'll be with him at his side. And she doesn't want to walk away a week or two before the chasna. And the chasen is pleading, Nebuch, I don't want to do that to the Kala. She shouldn't, Rahman al be going through this with me. It's my problem, not hers. We're not married yet. And each one is arguing for the sake of the other. That is the schus that keeps Klai Yisrael going and that Mitzvah will give us the schus to overcome this challenge, grow from it, not only in our Amunah B'Tachem HaKash Baruch Hu, 
hopefully our Amunah and Bitochan in each other, seeing the good in each other, arguing for the good in each other, not wasting time with petty arguments or even very august sugyas that we feel very passionate about. Doing the right thing, getting it done, getting it done quickly, immediately with Zrizus and not wasting time chazaring over things that don't need chazara, not focusing on the bad, not focusing on what might be, not focusing on the nervousness. Take the pacha that Hashem created in the world as part of our personality and use it for Avodah Hashem in a positive way to bring us ultimate simcha, security, and serenity. And that can only be done with our Baron Lamakam in our basic amuna, which again is acquired mostly in this season, certainly in this matzav. And then turning the amuna for Baron Lachavero and amuna in each other, and understanding that when somebody else gains, we don't lose. Rab Chaim at the end of the shtickle says that people who feel the mavater, they feel like tzaddikim. He says a person's mavater might be a tzaddik, but he's more a chacham. And she's more using her chachma. Because you don't need the tzitkus. The tzitkus is wonderful and it's a schus. But it's also a better way to live. It's a better way to live is there's less fighting and there's less insecurity and there's less bickering and there's less loss of time. You have time to breathe, you have time to smile, you have time to feel good about what you're doing in your own over Hashem and how you're helping people. And part and parcel of this test is to see how we perform, not only with our friends and our neighbors as a community, we're doing wonderfully. As Klai Yisrael, we're coming together like never before. It's Gavaldik. Part of the Nisayan is also understanding that those we don't fully understand Often, we're missing a lot of the picture. We don't have the whole story. And part of being down the Kaschus is putting yourself in their shoes, understanding you don't have all the facts, and making sure you don't spend time reading or talking about things that put the Yidden in a bad light, where it's not absolutely necessary to deal with a particular issue or shayla in front of you, and to stay focused and save all that time for our own Avodis Hashem, that can spread simcha and nachas with our families, with our communities. It's Hashem, we should be zeichet to refuas, yeshuas, nachamas quickly. Hashem should have rachamim, which He does all the time. But we should be zeichet to see the rachamim we don't need, we shouldn't need Him, it's Hashem, the midas adin, to push us to grow. We had it already these past few weeks, and it's Hashem, we should declare and internalize, not just the lip service, internalize that we are ma'aminim, b'nei ma'aminim, we're ready to look at ourselves, k'ilu yasanami mitzrayim, that's the Aveda of Pesach, we're ready to jump in again, lachtach acharai b'amidbar, and we're ready to do it, k'amachad b'levechad, and we're ready to show our achtus, and be dan l'kavzchus, and be nizer and shmir saloshin, and kas ha'machlekes, and we're ready to stand by each other with chesed, with rachamim, and then Hashem will stand by us with chesed and rachamim. It's Hashem. to the gula shleima b'karuv. And we should be able to have the patience to go through the process, grow from it, and understand that Kosh has the exact timing for every single Yeshua and Nisayan, whether personal or national, for Klai Yisrael, for the Yechidim. It's Hashem. should happen b'karuv. A wonderful yontif and Mitzvah Shem. We will follow up with the Alochis at the beginning of next week. Chakashav Sameach.